you are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. Well, if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to do a little bit of a survey again. Uh, if you've been journaling with us through the book, um, I, I've been heading into the Old Testament book of Revela- uh, Revelation. That's not Old Testament. That's the last book of the Bible. Genesis, the first book of the Bible. Um, we've now then kind of gone through Genesis. We're into Exodus now, if you're following the uh, Bible reading plan. But we're going to be talking about the life of Joseph today. And Genesis 37 through 50. So if you have your Bible, you can kind of pick along with us um, the account of his life. Today, the topic is going to be three ways to find hope in the middle of life's pain. Three ways to find hope in the middle of life's pain. And we're going to take um, lessons from Joseph's life. Well, when I was in my early 20s, uh, actually it was the year I got married, uh, 1993, I remember it clearly. It was in my living room of a little house that I'd bought for $42,000, my very first house, at the age of 22. And and a friend of my brother's came over, and he gave me a prophetic word. I didn't know anything about prophecy at the time, but I knew it was from God, and it resonated with me. And one of the things he said was that I would have a Joseph kind of life. Not Joseph, the the father, stepdad of Jesus, but, but Joseph you know, the prince of Egypt, Joseph, the coat of many colors, Joseph, the one who became the governor of uh, Egypt, Joseph. So at that time when I heard that, I'd be like, wow, man, Joseph had favor. Like he became like somebody really important. And yeah, I like that. I'm, I'm receiving that word. Well, until I started actually learning about Joseph's life, Let me tell you a little bit about Joseph's life. Joseph, at the age of 17, was uh, his brothers were going to try to kill him. By the way, Joseph was the 11th of 12 siblings. And, uh, and, and thankfully, some of the brothers said, let's not kill him. Let's put him in a pit instead. And they put him in a pit. And then some traders on their camels were coming by. And they said, I got an idea. Let's sell Joseph. Let's get rid of him. Joseph was uh, Jacob's. Remember, we talked about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob is Joseph's dad uh, from the mother of Rachel. Um, And so Rachel only had two kids. Joseph was uh, one of them. Sold into um, slavery, quite frankly. Uh, He worked in Potiphar's house. Potiphar was a government official. And uh, basically, he was his hired hand, and, but whatever Joseph did, he prospered. God was with him. But now here he is, his brothers despise him. He's in slavery. He's working for Potiphar, doing well, and then all of a sudden Potiphar's wife decides that she has eyes for Joseph, and Joseph doesn't want to have anything to do with that, and as she's trying to lure him to do wrong things with him, uh, he runs away. And she doesn't like to be stood up because I guess Potiphar's life always got what she wanted. This time she didn't, so she made up a story about Joseph and told lies about Joseph. Joseph then is put in prison. While he's in prison, um, he has these dreams and, and talking about there's a, there's a baker and there's a cupbearer. The king's men are in prison. It's always a problem when you think of that the king's people are in prison. Like, what are they doing? 
Well, he has these dreams and, and, and he interprets them and, and this cupbearer, he has this dream and he says, hey, when you get released, tell, this, tell them that I'm the one who gave the dream and the interpretation of the dream to, to Pharaoh that I would be able to get out of prison. Well, the cupbearer gets out. He, he basically uh, interprets this dream that, uh, that Pharaoh has in, uh, based on what Joseph said. And, and here, here he forgets about Joseph. The cupbearer gets free and Joseph is still in prison. So here's all the backstory of all the pain that Joseph is having to go through. And yet, foolishly in my 20s, I thought, oh, I'm going to have this Joseph kind of life. Well, to have the Joseph kind of life, you need to go through the pain. In my 20s, I was kicked out of Bible school for just playing a joke. And um, thank you so much. And wrongfully thought of because I was just playing a funny joke. You've probably heard the story. And some people might think I'm weird, but I was playing a joke and I actually put on my wife's dress and went onto the girl's floor where my wife was in the dorm and just wanted to actually create a joke, but the professor, or the, the school thought that I was something wrong with me. But, and, <laughs> but the pain, the pain of being misjudged, the pain of... of you know, this pursuit of God, and then the very places that I thought that I was like trying to be faithful to God, then, then I was asked to leave. The pain of being asked to resign from a church because as the new leader was coming in, felt threatened by my leadership. I'm also getting at the age where I actually need to change my glasses a little bit here. <laughs> the pain of having friends turn on me and forcefully dismantle things that I've worked years to build. The pain of having somebody sue me and my company when I was in business because of my generosity. The pain. I think these are not any better. <laughs> I'm going back. <laughs> the pain of almost losing everything through bankruptcy. I didn't have to file bankruptcy because the, the lawsuit was settled, but the pain of walking through that feeling like everything was going to be taken from me. Pain. You know, and those are little things in life, but that has been a culmination of over 30 years since that, almost 30 years since that first word was given. But nothing will probably... Um, Amount to the pain of the pain of a neighbor that I had to walk through this week. On Tuesday, um, great friends of ours live right around the corner. We, I coached their son. They, we would go to their 4th of July um, barbecues and parties and good friends, but they just lost their 19-year-old son to a car accident on Tuesday and had to walk through that with them and do their funeral on Friday, do his funeral. No parent should ever, ever, ever have to say goodbye to a child. But that deep pain. You know, pain has everything to do with loss. We feel pain when there's loss. Pain comes when 
something that you hold dear is taken from us. Maybe it's a friendship. Maybe it's the losing a loved one. Maybe it is when your peace is taken. Maybe when your freedom is taken or a job is taken or trust in a relationship is taken. We feel that pain. And here it is, Joseph, who has gone through all this pain. And we're going to look at at these three lessons from Joseph's life and how he actually found hope in the middle of this pain. Because I don't think any one of us, by the way, if you're not in pain today, there's chances are you're going to face pain in the future. It's a part of living. It's a part of life. But we need to understand how to find hope in the midst of that pain. So there's something we can learn from Joseph's story. Point number one, bad things happen to good people. Bad people do bad things to good people, and good people do bad things to good people. Basically, life happens. Joseph's brothers, they hated him. He was one of Jacob's favorites. They were jealous. Potiphar's wife was self-serving and she wanted to be to get her way and so she didn't get it she was deceitful Joseph serves as cupbearer and and the favor's not returned he loses his family loses his freedom loses trust loses favor a favor that should have been returned and in those losses is deep pain but wrongfully wrongfully we can go into the midst of that pain And we could say something like this. I've done something to deserve this. God is not pleased with me. I'm being punished for something. Karma is coming back to me. If Those new age people out there that believe in karma. I don't, by the way. But there are consequences to sin, yes. We know that we have an enemy, yes, but sometimes, sometimes life just happens. Accidents happen. Loss happens. Friendships are broken. And it hurts. In Matthew 5, 45, it says this, He makes the sun shine on the evil and the good. He sends, he being Jesus, sends, or God, sends rain on the just and the unjust. Meaning, Good things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people. Life happens. And in the midst of that, I think it's really important to to set yourself free when you're going through that pain and saying, it's not your place to try to figure it all out. To remove that burden of trying to explain it and try to figure it, it is a heavy burden to carry if you live that way. The reality is life happens. And the things that you can't control. Joseph couldn't control that he was being sold into slavery. Joseph couldn't control Potiphar's wife's reaction. Joseph couldn't control the cupbearer's forgetfulness. And he could have done the next point, which I'm going to talk about. He could have blamed God for all of that. The second point, God is not to blame, but he does want to be with you in your pain.
I, I think sometimes we, we want somebody to blame, right? So we point the finger somewhere, and especially when it's out of our control, we just think like, who could we blame? And maybe we should blame God. And I would say, don't blame God. <laughs> don't blame God. See, when Joseph was in prison, God's favor and his presence was still with him. This is an important part to remember, that even though Joseph had all this stuff stripped from him and he's going through all this pain, God was still with Joseph. And his favor still flowed through him. The prison warden actually put Joseph in charge of the prison when he was inside. And he says, and this is a quote from Genesis 39, 23. The, the prison warden says this, because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. He acknowledged that God was with Joseph even though he was in prison. In the middle of the pain, I want to encourage you, stay close to Jesus. The pain can be overwhelming at times, but blaming God will only distance you from the very one who wants to comfort you. In the middle of the pain, blaming can take you away from the very thing that actually God is wanting to do in and through you in the midst of the pain. I was talking to somebody today and, and they were telling me about their painful stories of a, of a person who was separated from their kids because of, of walking through an addiction and the pain of, of your kids being taken away and, the, and you know, the the mom's heart that cries for her kids. But, but in the journey, she said, I, I don't know, was it wrong to say this, that, that I would never wish that pain away because I'm in a better place today because of that pain. Yeah. And, and this is the other thing she said, and I, and I didn't ask her to use this. It's not about her, but it's about a, an illustration she gave me. She says, when I got to the place where I stopped looking at my situation and I allowed myself to look down the way God sees the situation, then I could begin to see God's perspective and that God was doing something so wonderful in the midst of the pain. But I think sometimes we start looking, we're blaming, and we start looking at our problems, we start looking at our pain, and then we lose sight of what God wants to do through it. Because God's presence allows there to be mourning into dancing. He turns darkness into light. He turns sadness into joy. He turns pain into prosperity. He creates waters in the desert places. And then he says, behold, I make all things new. You see, God's in the restoration business. I've been enjoying... Uh, it's not often I watch anything, but lately, uh, my youngest son and I, we, we've been watching these car restoration shows. And I like them because you take something that is so rusty and beat up, and somebody puts some attention to it, and it makes it look beautiful. I think my heart's drawn to it because I think that's the very thing that God does. He takes these things that seem so broken, seem so crusted, and seem so like almost throwaway. And God says, come close and just let me do the great work and I'm going to make something beautiful out of this situation. But if we look at our pain too long, it takes our eyes off of Jesus who wants to heal 
our pain and deliver us out of it. In Psalm 42, I love this psalm. It says this, why are you in despair, O my soul? You'll see it on the screen. And why have you become disturbed with me? He's talking to himself. Have you ever done that? Have you ever talked to yourself? <laughs> why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become dis- so disturbed with me? And then he's doing some corrective talk to his soul. He's saying, hope in God. For I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. Sometimes we get so focused on our pain. We get so focused on how life is just not going the way it needs to go. And we need to kind of talk to our soul a little bit. Say, soul, enough wallowing. Enough looking at the pain. Turn your eyes back again where you're going to find your hope. God is in the midst of this. Now, there is a time for grief. There is a time for mourning. Please don't get me wrong of just saying you can't go through that. I agree. There needs to... I think in our society, we've, we've lost knowing how to grieve. We, we don't like pain in the society. We mask it every chance we can get. Why do you think our opioid crisis is so overwhelming? It's because there's so much pain and everybody wants to mask it. Instead of inviting God into the midst of our pain, not blaming, but just let him come and minister to us. But we do need to talk to our souls a little bit. Say, soul, all right, why so much despair? Let's hope in God again. Let's turn our eyes back into the right place. One of my life verses, and maybe God knew this, that I would need this early on, but in in my 20s, I made this my life verse in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Sounds pretty bleak. (laughs) Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. It means that when life is not going so well, let's just not forget of where our hope comes from. Comes from the Lord. There's another psalm that I want to read to you in Psalm chapter 30. This is a psalm of David, King David. And it says a song at the dedication of the temple. You know that David actually went through a lot of pain in his life too. Some of it was from his own mistakes. But some of it, he just had the jealousy of Saul going after him. Yeah, his own mistakes with Bathsheba and his own trying to murder Bathsheba's husband and all that craziness. But this is what he says. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol or hell. You restored me to life from among those 
who go down to the pit. You see, David knew where he needed to keep his hope in the midst of his pain. And the reminder for each one of us as we walk through pain in life, it can be so easy to either say, God's to blame. Where's God in this? Where's God in that? But you realize that God wants to be ever present with you in the midst of that difficult time. Number three, the third part of how to find hope in life's pain is this. Don't jump to conclusions in the pain or run away from it. Time will give you perspective as you stay close to God. Why this is so important? Because, again, sometimes we get stuck in the current circumstance and we forget that there's, the story's not finished being written. It's only a chapter, and the page is being turned every day in the, cha- in the story of your life. And you're stuck in the chapter, and what happens is people get lots of pain, and then they get stuck. And they realize that God is writing a story through the pain, and he doesn't want you to get stuck in the pain. Look at Joseph's life for a moment. How God had to work these things out over time. He was 17, as we talked about, sold into slavery into Egypt. He was 30 when he was finally released out of prison, made the overseer, made the governor, the prince of Egypt. He was 39 when his brothers came the very first time to basically buy grain and Joseph recognized him. There's a famine in the land and Jacob sent his his sons to go get grain. Joseph recognized him, and and he'd long forgiven them. Then he went back, and he wanted to see his other brother that wasn't there with him. But his brothers came back, probably at the age of 41, when the brothers came back the second time. So here it is, 19 years took place by the time he was first sold into slavery. The second time that his brothers come back, Joseph says these words. He says, don't fear. I am in the place of God. Am I in the place of God? He says, as for you, you meant evil against me. So here's the bad people doing bad things to good people. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. You see, it takes time to gain perspective. And I want to encourage you, if you're going through pain right now, just know that there's another page being turned tomorrow. And another page of your story of your life being turned the next day. And it might not take this year. It might not take next year. It might take 10 years It might take 30 years, but God is working something so magnificent in the midst of your life. And I know when you're in the middle of the pain, you can't see it. I know sometimes that you just want to crawl into a hole and and bury yourself, but God is working. God is working. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't left you. He wants to work in and through that difficult time. Romans 8.28, you'll see that on your, on your screen. Romans 8.28. It 
And we know that for those who love God, all things, can you say all? Uh, That means everything. All things work together for good. The times of pain, the times of joy, the times of mourning, the times of grief, the times of disappointment, the times of great loss. Remember, pain is a result of loss. But God says he works all things together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. See, God has a purpose. And he doesn't waste anything. He uses these things to make something so beautiful. And there will be a day, like was told to me this morning by a a young woman who basically said, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that I'm on this side of the pain, but you know what? It was the pain that did something so beautiful in my life. How could it be that pain can be something so good and yet so hard at the same time? And so just maybe today the encouragement is as the worship team wants to come back up. Maybe just today that the encouragement for us is this. That we realize that life does just happen. That bad things happen to good people and bad people do bad things to good people and good people do bad things to good people. How many have been hurt by a friend, right? (laughs) Misunderstandings. Lack of communication. But in the midst of that friendship that's broken, there's great pain. But when we begin to understand that let's not blame people, let's not blame God, let's not... Let's just say that it is what it is. And then we allow the Lord to work in the midst of that and we, he wants us to be close to him. Don't blame God. God is not to blame. He wants to be with you in your pain. Don't try to figure everything out. Just let Jesus come and minister to you in the midst of your pain. And lastly, don't jump to conclusions in the pain, in the midst of it, or try to run away from it. And, and again, this culture, we, we, we don't like to feel it. Nobody does, of course. But it's too easy for us to mask the pain with antidepressants, with other substances that just make us numb. And as a result, we, we remove the very catalyst that is, is allowing to something to be good to be written in your life, the story of your life. Instead of trying to mask it, invite Jesus into it. Say, get close to me, Jesus. I need you right now because without you, this pain is so hard. And then time will go. Time will move forward and you'll begin to gain God's perspective on what he's been doing all along in your life to make something good for those who are called according to his purposes. It it is interesting that it says his purposes, not our purposes. (laughs) 
We would like it to be our purposes. I want it this way, God. And he's saying, okay, I give you a free will. You can go that way. But if you just allow me to do some work in your life in the midst of this pain, it will be used not only good for you, but it'll be used good for me and so many other people. Joseph's life, his pain was used to save so many people's lives. Well, could you say, well, that, that was, you know, God planned all of that. Well, I don't know. I think God used all things together for good to accomplish a great work. See, I don't believe that God's a puppet master. I believe that God has the ability when life gets hard, when life goes not the way we want it to go, when pain comes into our life, he has the ability to work it together to accomplish something so wonderful if we allow him. The wrong way to do it is try to explain it all, try to blame, try to run away, try to bury, try to mask the pain. Instead, he's saying, invite me into the pain. Don't be so quick to judge it. Don't be so quick to figure it out. Just rest in it. John 14, in closing, says this. 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as this world gives, do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. See, this was shared before Jesus was going to go to the cross. The interesting thing is, as Jesus was going to the cross, he said, and going through a lot of pain, by the way, false accusation, physical pain, his friends denied him. Jesus was able to posture himself and says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. He knew that God was working something together for good in the midst of that pain. In the process of Jesus going to the cross for all of us, for all of humanity, for all time, removing guilt, shame, removing all that penalty of sin, he was willing to go through the pain because it brought life to so many others. Today, I want us to gain a perspective of pain and find hope in the middle of it because God is using it to do something wonderful actually in your life. Don't run from it, don't mask it. Let him do the great work that he wants to do. But I want to encourage you, be looking, be looking, be looking, be looking, because one day you're going to all of a sudden arrive and you're going to say, oh, this is what God has been up to. Isn't he good? And that pain was worth it. I reflected all of those circumstances in my life, those painful times, 
those false accusations in my life, the wrong judgments, the hurtful words, the painful times. And today I can look back and realize that Jesus, you actually probably did some of your greatest work in the midst of that pain in my life. But the only way it happens is if we allow him to, if we allow him to. So today, invite him into your pain. If you don't have pain today, you will one day. Sorry. (laughs) It is life. And remember these words that Jesus wants to be with you. His peace. He gives us his peace. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If this ministry has impacted you and you would like to partner with Grace Capital Church to impact the communities around you, please join us at gccnh.com forward slash partners.